Must be time for a dab break. All right, guys, welcome back once again to the Organic Football Podcast, and we're back at it. And we're sitting here watching some Monday Night Football. A uh, little bonus, two games this week. Uh, you know, it was a little touch and go there for a minute if they were going to get that Chiefs and Patriots game in there, but they did. So that game's already completed with the Chiefs pulling out the win. And right now we are watching Green Bay demolish the Atlanta Falcons 27-9. So let's go ahead and check in with you guys. I'm sure you're going to want to revisit uh, my pick for Aaron Rodgers being a burnout this week. I'll go ahead and start with you, Brad. How's it going over there, buddy? Well, if anyone was listening, they know I'm not having a good week. Because my the guy that I traded my half my team for went down. So I am just actually like in consolidation prize watching these games, hoping you guys do well. So got half of them done. Mark, looks like you're going to win it, Rich. Looks like you're going to fall just a little short. That's a tough one. Going to take my first loss of the season. That's all right with me. I, I understood it was a likely scenario when I lost two of my starters heading into the week. So uh, it is what it is. We'll take some solace on some of these edibles that I was having trouble finding as we started our podcast. But um, <laughs> I've got them now, so I'm going to take to take some of these fuckers. I'm going to take a puff and let's finish watching this game. Looks like Todd Gurley, Mr. Todd Gurley, might have just gotten you a touchdown. Oh, look at that. He finally decided to bounce one outside. Goodness gracious. <laughs> he finally remembered he could do that. That's good, Todd. Way to go. He's never made 50 yards look so good. Oh, look at that <laughs> block by – that was a great block by the quarterback, Matt Ryan. Sealed mm-hmm. the edge. But, yeah, it was a good week. Um, yeah, definitely interesting week of fantasy football. A lot of shit to, to go through. And, yeah, I mean, crazy week, man. We had freaking postponements and – More big injuries to- – that we got to talk about just left and right. And another thing we were going to talk about uh, is uh, some coaching changes. But before we get into that, guys, we're going to, you know, shout out our social media. We want to make sure everybody's checking us out on Instagram and Facebook, everything like that. Catch us on all those pod platforms. Right, Rich? What are we on these days? Uh, We're on all major pod platforms. So pretty much anywhere you're looking for us, if you're looking up pods on some sort of device you're going to be able to find us i'd say the major ones are apple podcast and iHeartRadio. Uh, we're also on pandora uh spotify stitcher yeah. pod yeah. the original where the, where we got started all of them we're out Hell there. Yeah. come and get us and come come find us on social hit us up on there let's interact we're nationwide <laughs> that's so crazy i never really thought about it. where are nationwide you think about yeah. it Dude, we're global. We're a global empire at this point. I know. We, we're in that international. <laughs> we're big time. I think there's a lot of people in Europe and China tuning in for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's our target <laughs> audience, actually. Hey, man. <laughs> listeners are listeners. Hey. And we appreciate all of you. If they're in China hitting that subscribe button, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> 
hilarious. <laughs> yeah, guys. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about uh, down in Houston, Bill O'Brien. They made a coaching change. Uh, the news came down today. Seems like it was only a matter of a time, and it was definitely coming after his off season and then the start they got off to. I think we kind of talked about this, Brad, about a little bit of turmoil in Houston, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, letting a guy like D. Hopko and bringing in a guy like David Johnson was just a recipe for disaster. Yep. So you watch those games, and I mean, it seems like Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller are like the only true talents they have. I mean, they're Will Fuller, that catch he had in the back of the end zone. I mean, I know it bounced and hit the turf, oh. but man, what an <laughs> effort that was to almost win that game. So, I mean, I think that those two guys are really talented, but unfortunately, there's not a lot of other talent around. So there's only so much they can do with that kind of offense. And so I do think it was time for Bill O'Brien to go. He made way too many dumb moves and Let's try and salvage with what he left us and move on. Should be interesting. You'll see Romeo Cornell is going to take over there. Been a head coach before. I don't think he was a very good head coach. So always interesting to see. I think there is usually an uptick for teams that fire a coach. So um, I'll look for that. I'll look for a little bit more fire under the players' butts when they get out there. Uh, Let's see what happens with this defense. The defense has really been terrible. So. Um, if they can start turning that side of the ball around, I think that will help the offense as well. So, you know, you do have talent. There is talent there beyond David Johnson. Uh, if he can get it straightened out, there are some run, runs that I see him hitting the hole and playing very well. And then there's some runs when he just looks a little slower. So, so I wonder if that's slowing down. But, you know, hopefully you'll see a lot more jive in their step after after a firing like this. And And – you know, come to think of it, if there was turmoil and a lot of those players didn't really like Bill O'Brien, yeah, maybe this will lead to some wins and some better play. That's true. Just a bunch of jive talking turkeys. <laughs> gobble, gobble. When it comes to these this coaching carousel, you know, who do you think's up next on the chopping block? I mean, if you had to predict, uh, I mean, I think the top two candidates might be Matt Patricia and uh, Dan Quinn. Dan uh, Quinn Dan here, Quinn. we're yeah. watching. And yep. then uh, possibly Adam Gase is next. I think he's Oh, very, yeah, Adam Gase. Very close. I'll throw so. another one at you, a little swerve ball. What about Joe Judge? Oh, that no, Time? too quick. It's too quick, quick, but I don't know, Too man. quick. They've looked pretty bad. I think they've played pretty tough. I, they played tough against the Rams this weekend, so I, I think he'll stick around. It's, it's his first year. That'd be That's too quick for the Giants. The Giants will give yeah. it a year. They'll, they'll let it go as bad as it can be, at least for the whole year, and, and see where it goes. But Yeah, and you, they lost Saquon. I mean, that's that's tough sledding after you lose a big guy like that. So you can't put it all on him. I mean, they are underperforming. I don't think anyone expected them to win, but like Rich said, it's his first year. you got to give him at least a little time. And that's the problem with the NFL. It's like in one year, you have to come in and fix an organization. Yep. It's like no one gets three years anymore to do that. So it's kind of tough to be an NFL coach. You guys want to put a stamp on like who we think is going to be the next coach fired or just keep moving? Uh, I think it'll be Gase. I'm leaning towards Gase. Yeah, they look pretty bad. Who you got, Brad? Uh, I'm going to say Matt Patricia. I'm going to go Matt Patricia too. They've lost. Uh, the Lions have lost 10-point <laughs> leads or more in six straight games. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's hard to do. <laughs> That is yeah. that's wildly bad. Yeah, <laughs> I will say something about tonight's game. I do like that Atlanta kind of set themselves up for success in this game. They decided to not go out and get a lead so they couldn't lose it. They just were never <laughs> going to get the lead in the first place. So I, I do give them right. props for that because if they would have blown another lead, they would have just been crucified. So it's better that they just were behind the entire game. 
Uh, and then if we're going to talk the game tonight, we I might as well go ahead and warn everybody. Julio left the game uh, at the half. He he went in, wasn't feeling well, and never never came back out. Even I don't I don't think he's on the sideline right now. So and they ruled him out. So uh, tough luck again with Julio with the hamstring. You know he's been struggling with it since preseason. So it's just something. As a Julio Jones, tough, if you ra- if you roster him right now, it's just a it's a tough tough sledding. Yeah, and it sounded like to me that Devontae Adams actually wanted to play tonight, and then you know the training yeah. staff held him out. So kind of another situation where they're just being cautious with it. He was bent. He said, I- "I'm ready," but other people uh, don't think I'm ready or something like that. Yeah, and he wanted to play. I-, I understand, but I think it was wise of. Green Bay to sit him out one more night, get him to the next week, not have to have him sit play on a Monday and then play again on a Sunday shortened week. Just get him out there on Sunday. Yeah, like I don't think Green Bay was really worried about the Atlanta Falcons either. Like we don't need you out there to take this game home. So I think rest him up one more game and get him healthy. Don't let him just have this half ass, you know, hamstring all year. So don't let him pull a Julio. Yeah. Yeah, and pretty – I don't know. I'm pretty surprised that Atlanta's getting off this 0-4 start. I thought they were going to be a much better team this year. But MVP. All right, guys, let's talk about some of these games. Uh, let's get into it here. Let's go to the L.A. Chargers visited Tampa Bay. I thought this was a pretty interesting game, Rich. Big injury we got to talk about right off the bat on the Chargers side, though. Yeah, Austin Eckler, I, you know, we, we said it might be a little bit of tough sledding. I thought he'd be useful in the passing game. Unfortunately, he took a pretty pretty bad injury, got buckled over, and uh, looks like he's uh, – they said he's going to get a second opinion today, but looks like it could be about four to six weeks for Austin Eckler out on that. Uh, he hyperextended the knee. He got a hamstring at the same time. So I'd be leaning towards more towards the six-week variety. I don't know about you guys, but um, – Another another injury of note in the game was O.J. Howard, of course, my my tight end for the week went it down. I have Joe Newsmith, but uh, I was pretty disappointed in that because I felt like O.J. Howard, Tom Brady, that was gonna they were gonna find their groove this season, and it was starting in this game. He was really mm-hmm. looking his way, and he was really getting open a lot. So disappointing to see that. So I think it leads us naturally into a couple replacement guys. Um, Cameron Brate on the Tampa Bay side would be a good option. I think he's gonna be the pass catching guy whereas Gronk will still be working in their run-blocking fashion. And uh, the other side, when it comes to um, Austin Eckler going down, I I had picked up Josh Kelly a few weeks back, and I'm pretty happy with that pickup now. Uh, But I would just note that, you know, when it gets to backup running back situation, this is one of those ones where it's not just the guy. I don't think there is the guy back there. So they have Justin Jackson. I think he'll come into play in the coming weeks. So it's it's definitely I would pick up both. I mean, not as a single owner, but I think they're both rosterable. And you see how it plays out from here. Right on, man. And uh, Brad, on the Tampa Bay side of the ball, Tom Brady threw five touchdowns to five different receivers. I mean, that was pretty impressive from him. And they, the Bucks actually got down pretty big in that game. So well, is this what you're expecting from Brady? Well, I mean, this is what we expect from Brady every year. But with him coming into Tampa, new system, new organization, new players, it takes time to get used to it. They didn't have a preseason. So I think this is just kind of what – you know, we were expecting it just took time to get there. But Tom Brady, I mean, just like Rich, I think, mentioned earlier with Carson Palmer, once he gets up to speed, man, they start clicking. So if this is like foreshadowing for the future, the Bucks are going to be dangerous. 
Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw Mike Evans. Uh, he's questionable right now. He was kind of hobbling around on one leg for most of that game. He got out for a little while. Uh, so he toughed his way through the game. But, yeah, just uh, looks like he might have a nagging injury as well. Oh, yeah. He he, he toughed it out. They're, they're wide receiver corps. They're, they're all just banged up, man. I mean, going heading into this week, they play on Thursday night. And, I mean, you look at the injuries they're taking. Yeah. O.J. Howard's out. Um, Leonard Fournette likely out. Um, uh, Lashawn McCoy went down. Chris Godwin's yeah. unlikely to play. Scotty Miller's down in this game, so uh, it's it's wild what's going on here. So didn't Evans get banged up too, and he came back in? That's what he's saying. He he played through it. He he came out, came back in, and played through it. Even on that touchdown catch, you could see he came down like and didn't allow his foot to even hit. Yeah, the he was. You could see he was just it. like. He's like, oh, don't, 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 yeah, like he is not putting body pressure, full body pressure on that foot. So, like, yikes, scary stuff to see that and and know how depleted they are right now. So, interesting thoughts heading into Thursday night. I mean, we we flipped the page here coming up in about, you know, there's only six minutes left in this game, and we yeah. flipped the page and it turned to turn to the next week, and and the Bucks are going to be a little dinged up next week because it's on Thursday. Yeah. No doubt, man. Uh, then on the Chargers side, real quick, just Justin Herbert. Want to mention him if he's still on anybody's waiver wire out there. That's a guy I would stash on my bench for sure. Uh, just the way he's playing, he's looking like a pretty solid rookie to me, man. Yeah, the rookies have impressed, man, and he, he's definitely one of them. Thrown into action five minutes before kickoff uh, the other week, and he's uh, he's tearing it up now. And he looks he looks really confident. He looks really sure of himself out there, and and sure of what he wants to do with the ball. And I'm. I've been impressed as well, man. I definitely, and yeah, he was he was less than I think he's thirty percent rostered in ESPN leagues right now. So definitely available, um, and definitely, definitely got to go uh, go get if you're if you're hungry for a quarterback. If your quarterback's been underperforming for you. All right, guys. Next game on the docket, uh, Brad. Seattle went into Miami, down to South Beach. You know, Russell Wilson took his talents to South Beach. And, you know, he had, I guess, I guess Russell Wilson is mortal this year after all. You know, he still had a good game, put up 20-plus points, but didn't quite get that 35 that he's been uh, running on. But I kind of had a feeling, you know, it might be that kind of game for him. Yeah, I mean, Chris Carson, they ran the ball a lot more. They played a lot more ball control. So, I mean, Russell Wilson looked good out there, though. I mean, you watched him. There was a couple of bad decisions he made in the end zone. He got the pick six, or not pick six, but he got the interception in the end zone, which, you know, that's devastating, especially if you're a fantasy owner. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, I thought he played pretty well. I mean, the points, he didn't score a lot of points, but I thought he played amazing, so. Yeah, that's. I think that's kind of funny. That's what we were talking about last week in the preview. Was what's uh, what's a you know a run of the mill day for him? And we yeah. were saying three touchdowns and like, but you know we didn't even consider. But how many points does he score? He scores twenty one, and it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like okay, man. If that's his floor, then that's yeah. pretty sick, man. I'll, I'll take yeah. me some twenty ones at a floor for QB. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Uh, I did think it was interesting, uh, the whole Chris Carson, before the game, he was injured. He came back really well from that ankle injury, got injured in the game, uh, got a concussion, then got cleared during the game, which I thought was, like, it's a little more rare, especially when he was out for, like, that prolonged period that he would come back and came back, performed really great. So I was impressed with him, but, like, it did kind of put that thought in the back of my head of just – 
is Chris Carson durable enough? We've kind of had those questions, and it's like he always seems to have something going on. So something to look at, maybe look at in, into his backups. I know we talked to him a little bit on the last show. Carlos Hyde was inactive for the game, so maybe that's a little cue to where they're at with their running back room. Yeah, actually, I remember when I got the notification and I was watching the game that he was going out. I was thinking like, oh, I got Russell Wilson. This is perfect. You know, like, I'm just going to dominate Sorrow. And then, like, within, like, 10 minutes, the Nick Chubb got his uh, knee all twisted up, and he went out. And, of course, Sorrow had Hunt, and the entire game just changed. People on his team just got touchdown after touchdown. So, it's it's a tough one when those fantasy owners out there, you get good yardage, but your guys just don't find the end zone, and you just can't get points. So, that's always frustrating. Yeah, no doubt, man. Did I just see that Aaron Rodgers, like, messing with his foot there on the bench? Yes, you did. Yeah, see, watching you get tristed up here? Yeah. I wouldn't huh. be surprised if you get a little turf toe or something like that. A little bit. Something to watch there. We'll watch that as this closes out. I wonder if wonder if they'll bring him back in. I guess that depends on what Atlanta does here. Down two touchdowns with five and a half minutes to go. Oh, Calvin Ridley has zero receptions on the night. Might be time to get that guy the ball. Wow, man. After the way he started this year, and he was looking healthy, it wasn't looking like his ankle was bothering him or anything. It's just yeah, lack of attention, man. Dude, Weird. I feel bad for Greg. He literally the guy in our league, Greg. He scored top points week one, and Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, Calvin Ridley going off just looked beast. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Jacobs gets hurt. He's kind of like playing through injury. McCaffrey goes down, and Ridley's been nothing in the last two games. It's crazy. Tides can change quite quickly, man. I know. It's I was fantasy. 2-0 and and Mark was 0-2, and, and now we're both 2-2. Two and two. Yes, Just like that. Dude, and that's – it is crazy how that goes down, man. It's uh, always shifting all season long. Just when you think you're in a good spot, all of a sudden you're not. And just when you think you're out of it, you know, sometimes it pulls you back in. <laughs> I mean, this is a different season, I think, and I think Rich would agree on this. Every game is so important because if that season gets canceled at week 11 – like, it's not about, like, just get me to the playoffs and I can make a run. It's – I have to be at first place at all times. Peak performance all all year, as many points as possible, as many wins as possible. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, Seattle, Miami. Uh, I did want to talk real quick. I, I heard some stuff about it's getting close to that time where uh, Fitzmagic might be out the door and it might be two a time. So it's just something to, to monitor. And, of course, that happens when I have to pick up Fitzmagic this week. And, <laughs> and uh, it's it's possible that next week, it depends on what happens, Tennessee is kind of like on that brink of almost having to cancel another game or postpone another game. Uh, so I'm a little concerned with this situation now because Fitzmagic has to sit and it goes to Tua. Now I need another quarterback. I'll actually say I watched that game, and Fitzmagic played pretty well, man. There are a lot of third downs he ran for, picked him up. I mean, he was playing tough. There were a couple balls that kind of flew away from guys, but it kind of felt like there was just a miscommunication on routes. It wasn't like a bad ball. So, I mean, I understand you draft a guy and he's your future. I mean, if it's time to bring him in, that's that's fine with me. But I don't think Fitzmagic, you know, did any disservice to himself or anything like that. And it's not that it's not that at all. It's 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 more that he's been a placeholder as it is. They they even Fitzpatrick acknowledges it in his interviews. Says you know this is what I'm here for is to hold the place. This is Tua's job. He will have this job at some point this season. So when you get to one and three, that's almost that kind of like 
point in the season where you start to say to yourself, okay, is it time to make this change? Get to see what we have. And, and, and if it's, if it's an improvement, if it, if it's a jolt to our offense, do we get ourselves back in our season? See, I'm kind of in the mindset if he's not ready, he's not ready. You know, like I get we're one and three and he's a good talent. But if you put him out there too early, you could you could like just ruin his whole mental state. You know, so that I kind of worry about. I mean, if you, I'm not watching him in practice, I don't know. I'm sure if they're ready, he he's going to be put in. But I kind of worry about people rushing him out too soon and. Kind of knock him out in the right, you know, situation. Well, that's fine by you. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I think honestly, if if you have the room on your roster and and you're looking for a quarterback, I think Tua might be a good little project play. If if you can take on a quarterback project, I like it. Um, I, I think he's a talented guy with a lot of accuracy, and I'm excited to see him come in. Actually, to be honest with you, I, I'm excited to see what it could do for that offense in general. I'm a I'm a guy who rosters Devontae Parker. Yeah, man, it looks like Miles Gaskin continues to lead that backfield in Miami. So uh, if that guy's still out there for some reason, go get him. Uh, next game, guys, uh, let's head on down, Rich, and talk about this Arizona and Carolina game, man. And we might as well get it out of the way. <laughs> that game, man, it was not the most fun thing to watch. Kyler just... You know, I don't know, that curse that I was talking about in Carolina, The whenever the Cardinals travel to the East Coast, Rich, it just it never seems to turn out well for them. Yeah, man, it's it's there, too. I mean, it's not just, just the East Coast. They, they, they do struggle, but something about there is just like they just do not play to their potential there. I, I don't know. Is there... Is there some bar that they like to hit up there? I don't know what it is. I'm sure not with protocols this year, but, like, man, I, I don't know what the deal is. I'm going to do my best from here on to leave my homerism at the door and and try to not try to not just, to like, take it as it is. But it's tough being a fan and, and trying to also, you know, evaluate a team at the same time. But um, they, they're, they're disappointing right now. I'll tell you that the defense is super disappointing. Yeah. I did a little Instagram story while we were while we were watching football on Sunday, and I'm about sick and tired of Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator of the Arizona Cardinals. And to be honest, there was a point last season when I was just as sick of it, and um, he turned it around a little bit in the back half, and so that gave me some hope for this season. But they look lost, man. I I don't know what it is. Well, that pass rushing talent that they have and they're not pressuring the quarterback like they should be you know that's that's right on uh, Vance Joseph's you know that's on his plate man why is Chandler Jones not getting the sacks this year yeah and I don't know if you see like but the secondary seems to just like give so much space all the Mm -hmm. time like it's too much you need to close those gaps down a little bit more and 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 man up instead Uh, and specifically I'm seeing a lot of bad plays from Pat P Patrick Peterson just look mm-hmm. he's looked bad man I I don't know what the deal is I don't know if his head's not in the game or what you'd think with this being a contract year you'd see much better play out of the guy so I, I'm disappointed in the whole as the defense the offense to be honest with you Carolina's defense although very young came and brought it on Sunday they, they played very well I mean I don't know I actually do know, I would say that Matt Patricia kind of gave a little bit of a blueprint to how to attack this offense right now. Um, and that's sitting back, sitting back in, and, but I mean, you, you have to have your integrity to, to, to man up to 
to Kyler Murray if he wants to take off and run. But the way they're dropping, they're dropping like eight almost every time. So uh, it, it's it's just interesting to see, and I think this is that point in the season where Cliff Kingsbury really needs to play his chess back and start changing what he does. Yeah, and I think uh, one thing is just amazing to watch is Kyler, man. He is just so fast. He's like a little joystick out there. Just watching the way he cut right and then loop back around and just, I mean, he made a head spin and just defenders run into each other. And then he just calmly, like a baseball player, slides down, pops right back up. So I, I felt like he did a real nice job with doing that. And like you said, their offense is really going in nice directions, but your defense can't stop guys. I mean, talk to Minnesota, talk to a lot of other teams in this league. It's <laughs> not a good formula. Lot. Of defenses that just seem like they're getting smoked every Cowboys. week. <laughs> I mean, think about the Cowboys offense and the Cowboys defense. If they had yeah. a better defense, how much better that team would be. So, I mean, defenses are important. Yes, for sure. Uh, on the Carolina side of the ball, guys, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he had a good game. I mean, if he's out there on the wire, that's somebody you might want to go get. He's on the radar. I think he's he's trustworthy. I think he's got a baseline of, you know, 15 18 points and i think like that's what he is i don't think he's like super high end past that or you know anything but if i need to just secure me some points and get me to the next week that's a guy i might take a look at and uh on the running backs for the panthers did you guys see reggie bonifon uh, in the game he had some burst uh you know mccaffrey's gonna be back soon but then he got mike davis as well I don't know. I feel like they're pretty stacked at running back in Carolina, man. All these guys seem to be able to get in the game and produce. Yeah. I think it's part of the system that they're running yeah. there. I, I was, I've been saying that I'm pretty impressed with what Matt Rule does offensively. I, I think it fits what Teddy Bridgewater does. I think it fits what those running backs can do. I think it's really great for the wide receivers right now. I think Robbie Anderson's really shelling out in that offense and, and showing what he can do and be a, a, a true receiver. I mean, everybody just thinks this guy's like, deep ball city but he's he's kind of taken over as their number one wide receiver so he's a guy to take a look at too maybe maybe he's undervalued in your league and you can go trade for that type of guy yeah and before we move on from that game guys just on the cardinal side larry fitzgerald man uh, i don't know what's going on with fitz i think two weeks in a row he's had a, what a one catch for four yards or something like that is that right two catches four yards yeah that's not mike evans stats without the evans you know touchdown <laughs> Without the juicy touchdowns on yeah. top. <laughs> and, I mean, honestly, they're not utilizing him, so they're not looking for him to catch balls, you know. They're just – I honestly, I feel like he's got a coach on the field, and that's what they're utilizing him as. He's just so sure-handed in the red zone. You know, he always has been. I just – I wish Kyler would start looking his way, man. They got to get Fitz more involved, in my opinion. They got to get back to what they were doing at the end of last year. Run the ball really efficiently. And then just, you know, they they have to bring people in the box at that point. They can't play the type of defense that they're playing against us. Get into that and then start with the opening up to the receivers. And, and yes, get Larry the ball. Get Larry the ball. I mean, there, there's ways to get that guy the ball. He'll, he'll get open. Um, I think we were hindered a little this weekend with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He was out there. He was targeted well and, and made some catches. Uh, I just didn't see that, like, juice I, I think his his ankle was bothering him so i think i think that's something that oh you'll say he's out there we had all our pieces but you know he was diminished um, i think i think it was kind of clear if you were watching the game that he wasn't his normal self so hopefully we got the jets next week 
hopefully that's a get right game for us. Yeah, uh, I would pray. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's a good point you brought up, Rich. Uh, last year they leaned on Kenny Drake a lot more yeah. because Kyler was a rookie, and they just said, "Okay, we can't depend on this guy 100." percent And now they haven't really done anything with Drake. And I think if they they need to get back to that, like you said, and you know, be a more dynamic offense versus just Kyler Murray offense. I think this is the point in the season where the Cardinals kind of turned it around last year offensively, where Cliff did adjust. So I'm I'm looking for this. Hopefully, we're four weeks in. This is the point where he looks back at his tape and he self diagnoses what he's got going on and adjusts. This is where he, he takes it to another level and he adjusts his offense based on what defenses are doing to him this year. Yeah, and they got to get Drake more involved, man. Get him out for a swing pass. That's where he excels, you know, maybe the little screen game with him. They're just running him straight into the line, it seems like, and I don't think that's really his game. All right, up next, guys, we are going to transition and talk about the Cleveland Browns and the Dallas Cowboys. We mentioned uh, certain elements of this game already, but this is a pretty crazy game. There's a lot to talk about. So uh, on the Dallas side of the ball, I mean, their defense is absolutely terrible dreadful uh they can't stop anybody and Dak is just lighting up after he gets these big deficits he's just going out there and lighting it up so uh, what are you seeing on the Dallas side of the ball on the offense well actually what I mean Dallas has got a great offense Dak is killing it I think it's the first player ever to throw for 450 yards in three consecutive games yeah so I mean I mean it's a tragedy what's going on that their defense just can't stop anyone. I mean Dude, they're one in three right now. They're averaging negative points right now on defense for fantasy. Yeah. Which is insane because they, they made good acquisitions in the offseason. I thought they were gonna be a startable defense, but not right now. Yeah, so did I. But not and, I mean, anymore. They're not letting they're not really feeding Zeke the ball either. You know? No. They're really I mean, they're getting so behind that they're not really having an opportunity. The whole game plan is kind of switched on them. So I like. I'd like to see what would happen when it gets a more balanced attack, and their defense just stops some of them. So that would be interesting <laughs> for me. But help your defense out with putting the, the ball in Zeke's hands a little bit. I mean, just game yeah. control. Understand you. You you do have fiery great weapons out on the outside. You got pass catchers for days, and that is great. But if you know, you just need to set it up through the run, let Zeke wear down a defense, and then you're going to be even more efficient in the passing game. So I don't, I don't know what Mike McCarthy's doing right now. Um, I hope he straightens it out because there's 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 too much weapons there and too good of a running back to just be abandoning the running game like this. I mean, has he ever used a running back, though? I mean, even he his had, days back in Green Bay, I mean, I'm on green, and that was it. Yeah, but he – I mean, that's what I'm saying. He's got Zeke. Like, I know. he got Zeke. You have a really good offensive line. I wouldn't say they're as good as they have been in past years, but they're still really good. Go out there and let them do work. It's frustrating to me. I'm a guy who likes a balanced offense. And so, you know, seeing what they can do in the passing game in an unbalanced offense, (laughs) it's like, hey, just take it, turn it the other way and get yourself to about 60-40. And, man, will you be lights out. This offense, I mean, it already clicks. It it scores tons and tons of points. Dak's killing it, trying to go out there and prove that he deserves a contract. I I just wish I wish there was more offensive focus on running the ball for sure. 12 carries. That's all he had last week, 12 carries. Yeah, and I, I get it that that's kind of a – The game script to switch, but he should be at 2025 a, a game. It's chicken and the egg stuff where you get behind and it's like, okay, well, 
Am I behind because my defense sucks or am I behind because I can't get a little ball control? It's like, it's, it's, it's both at the same time. And then they feed into each other. Well, you got to just like yeah. focus and run, go out there and run the ball. I mean, this division won't get very far away from you. So <laughs> uh, you've got, you've got time to figure it out. Luckily, apparently That's as the true. Cowboys. <laughs> That's true. One and three is not half bad in their division. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That division's <laughs> awful. No. I was going to mention on the Dallas side, C.D. Lamb's really starting to emerge to me, guys. Uh, it looks like he's kind of displaced Michael Gallup. I don't know if he got banged up or if C.D. Lamb's just their uh, number two receiver right now. Is that what it seems like to you, Brad? Yeah. I mean, he, he's possibly number one, too. I mean, I like what he's doing. He's getting open. He's running good routes, and he's catching the ball, especially in the end zone. He's catching them, which is very important for rookies. So Rich made this point last week, and all these rookie wide receivers are just panning out, man. They all seem to be doing well. So, yeah, he's one of them. Yep. Yeah, I think that ties in with the shitty defense. We've talked about it. You got shitty defense and you got to throw the ball. Well, okay, I'll take some pass catchers there. I might not be interested in Zeke anymore because, I mean, he's he's got too much of a price tag because of his name for what actual value is getting pr- produced out of it. Um, whereas this passing offense is is definitely viable. They, they pass the ball left and right, and – um, you know, if you look at the other side of the ball, we kind of have like the opposite thing. I mean, I know Odell Beckham had a great day, yeah. Uh, but but still, Cleveland's running the ball forty times a game, or thirty five mm-hmm. thirty five to forty times a game. It's like, whoa, nobody runs the ball that much. And right. guess what? Cleveland will. And I think Kevin Stefanski has shown from his time in Minnesota and to his time now, he will run the ball. That is one thing he wants to do is, is to have this balanced offense where, so if you look at it on the flip side, kind of diminishes the value of the, of the pass catchers there, you know, it's the opposite equation there, you know, running backs are very valuable, but uh, the wide receivers are not going to be trustworthy. The tight ends not going to be trustworthy. So just, you know how much I love Todd Gurley on this show. <laughs> Would you believe that Todd Gurley out carried and outscored Ezekiel? the freak in the last two games. Well, that warms my heart, Brad. There you go. Thanks for finding that stat, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's still a little concerning what's going on with Gurley, but we'll get to that. I'll take the two touchdowns tonight. Yeah, I mean, two touchdowns. Anytime your guy gets you two touchdowns, that's a positive week. So, But that's what, that's what we said about Todd Gurley is, is if he's healthy and he's in this role, then he's just a touchdown monster. And take it. Take it and go. I mean, I think you'd prefer it if he was maybe your second running back, um, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. I mean you'll 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 take it for now, and and maybe you find yourself into a uh, a, a better running back at some point. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe you trade him. <laughs> Brad Brad is a proponent of trading him. <laughs> hey, you should pull the J deal. Trade Gurley and keep Hill, uh, and then down the road you get them both. That'd be funny. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I want to mention on the Cleveland side. So, Brad, we got to let everybody know, you know, I mean, what's going on with Nick Chubb? It's unfortunate to see him go down. Did you see a timetable on him when he's going to be back? Hopefully this season, I thought I saw. Well, I saw him just after he got his MRI, and he was in good spirits. He looked like he was doing pretty good. So the diagnosis is six weeks right now. I will tell you he will be back before then. He He's a young. He's hungry. He wants to get on that field. And I, I would say about – Four five weeks, you might see him return. So, what, what kind of what kind of comfort food did you bring in there? Oh, he loves chicken noodle soup. So there you go. Okay, yeah. that's that sounds nice, man. Yeah. Did you bring him anything so. for dessert, like a cookie or anything? No, man, he's got to get healthy. So only good foods right now. So okay, 
Good point. Yeah. yeah. Maybe once he gets out of the hospital, we'll send him a couple cookies or something, you know. But but he ain't asking for cookies either. He's he he wants to get healthy too. So and obviously that's gonna elevate Kareem Hunt while Chubb's out. So uh that's a lucky break for Kareem Hunt owners. You always hate to see these injuries, but then always creates opportunities. So it cuts both ways, you know. Ironically, I faced him this week, so that was also fun. Little uh, extra kick in the groin. Yeah, <laughs> right in the nuts. Squarely upon <laughs> my nuts. <laughs> uh, man, that's so rough. Uh, I can't believe the timing of this. I was telling Brad earlier, I, I kind of have like a similar experience where I lost David Johnson after spending all my money on him. Um, you know, you just, you know, Brad traded away four players basically for Nick Chubb. It's just a big chunk of value just gone and and uh, less than a half so it's just frustrating it's like four guys this mcl sprain and and the injury itself was just one of those that you hate to see where he just gets rolled up on by somebody gets blocked into him he's not looking uh those are the worst ones man yeah and i did want to mention if you want to take a flyer the the guy who came in uh i believe his name is Ernest johnson uh, he came in and got, you know, like 13 carries. So, uh, like I said, they're going to run the ball there. So, even with Kareem Hunt, he's going to get a bunch of uh, carries. No doubt there's going to be another back in that backfield getting some carries, too. And he, he looked pretty admirable. I, ha- I haven't really had a chance to look up too much on him. I did see the tape from the game. Uh, he looked pretty good. He looked pretty good with his 13 carries. So, maybe somebody to take a look at. Right on, guys. Did I just hear your, your pen click there? Oh, yeah. Oh, is that you writing a name down? <laughs> no, I was crossing off games as I go here. I'm going to say the same one. <laughs> and you guys will be like, we already talked about that, Mark. Oh, that's all right. I'll be yeah. like, oh. You want to talk about that game again? <laughs> yeah. there, there was a lot of offense, so we could fucking possibly just go through more touchdowns. How about the Jarvis, right. Landry, Jarvis Landry to Odell Beckham touchdown? That was pretty sweet. That was nice. <laughs> when he threw that touchdown, I was thinking Dwayne has he can throw a better ball than Dwayne Haskins. Oh. Dude, that was an oh. on-target ball, man, just zinger. I was like, wow, that was a good yeah. throw. And Cleveland actually almost blew it in that game, too. They had to kind of get lucky at the end to preserve that victory. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Dallas definitely got back in that game. Pretty crazy game, man. That's that's what Dallas has been involved in this year is crazy-ass yeah. fucking game. So. <laughs> Cherry's going to have, like, no four heart attacks this year. <laughs> All right, guys. Next game up on the list, uh, Rich. I'll send this one over to you, man, considering, you know, I'm not afraid to admit I watched exactly zero minutes of this game. But in the Jacksonville-Cincinnati game, I do know that Joe Mixon had a day. So fill me in, man. What happened? Uh, Joe Mixon was extremely bottled up in this game, to be honest with you. He was um, he was doing nothing for about a half and a quarter, and then all of a sudden he just exploded and just went off three touchdowns in the second half. So. That was pretty amazing. I did think I do think this rookie on the Jag side, Chenault, Laviscus Chenault or something like that. He's looking pretty good, man. He's looking solid. Uh, I don't know if you've seen him, Brad, but he's he's tearing it up. And then um, what I did really want to say is on the Bengals side of the ball, is they're they're passing offense. Joe Mixon got those touchdowns, and that's great. That might be his ce- the ceiling for the entire year, right there, because this team passes the shit out of the ball. It's like. 45 times a game that Joe Burrow's throwing, which pretty amazing for a rookie, man. Fucking 45 times. That's a that, lot of throws for one quarterback, man, especially like you said, a rookie. 
for a rookie. They're they're trusting him, man. They're they're letting him go, and he's chucking the ball all over the field. And I think, like, honestly, I've said it early preseason. I've said it lately. Uh, this is a team that you you got to look at. They're on the rise. Back half of the season, their their offense is going to be very good. I think there there are pieces here to look at, um, waiver wire type pieces. You know, T Higgins and Drew Sample at tight end. Uh, these guys are going to average, you know, almost ten targets a game just because of sheer volume in this offense. So, definitely something to be excited about um, and look into. All right, next game up, Brad, on your side, I'm going to send you to L.A. We'll talk about the Giants and the Rams. Low scoring affair. You know, the Rams ended up getting the win. What was it 17 to 9? So, you know, Cooper Cup had the one big play. Otherwise, it was kind of a defensive struggle. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a good fight card night. I thought that the, the Rams did a pretty good job. You know, they, I'm telling you, this Rams offense or defensive line gets push on that offensive line. Daniel Jones had pressure all day. It seemed like every time he went back, the announcer was saying, Oh, he's got pressure. He's got pressure and he just had like nowhere to go. I mean, he did pretty well for what was being thrown at him, getting the ball out and keeping his team in it. But I mean, that defensive line looks really good, man. And even the secondary, when they're coming up, they were laying massive hits, man. So, I mean, they were playing with a ton of aggression and ton, ton of velocity. So it was kind of fun to watch. I know everyone likes to watch the 49, 38 games. But I actually did enjoy this game. It was kind of nice to just seeing defenses go back and forth. And every now and then, they got to Goff. I mean, Goff looked pretty comfortable most of the game. But when they started sending, like, that delayed blitz up the middle, they got to him pretty good. So I like that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a good Smash Mouth game. I enjoy games that are 17-9. to 9, But mm-hmm. I, I know the masses aren't really thrilled by that. But... Pretty impressive, I thought. Like we talked about it earlier, I was actually pretty impressed for them to come on the road from New York to L.A. and, you know, put up a fight. They put up a good game. This, the line in this game was 14 points, so I felt like they, they hung in there. They played pretty well. They did well for what they were given. That defensive line definitely blew it all up. So to to come in there and have a chance, they drove the ball at the end of the game. They were, you know, I think they were on the 20-yard line about to score the ball. So they had a chance. Right on, man. Yeah, that's all I had to say about that game. Next game? That's all I have to say about that game. Mr. Forrest Gump, that's all I got to say about that. I did have one thing to say. Cam Akers, if, if I, I may have changed my mind again on this kid. Just like seeing in that game that they didn't really get any pop from either of the other two guys in the game. Daryl Henderson was pretty much bottled up. Malcolm Brown wasn't looking very good. Just puts it out there that... It's possible that Cam Akers could be back in play, and they did already come out and say that they expect him to play this week. So if you're looking for a little running back project, I think he's the type of guy that at this point in the season, there aren't like a a lot of guys who can win a job still. He is the type of guy who can win a job. Like I've said before, he's the best back on tape. If you watch tape and you see him at Florida State, uh, he's the best back. So hopefully, hopefully they can see it at some point. All right, next up on the list, guys, Baltimore at Washington. Uh, The Ravens went in there. They got back on track. And, you know, I I was excited to see Lamar Jackson kind of break one in the end zone, look like, you know, his old self from last year. But uh, when it comes to that game, Rich, you know, 
what did you think with the Ravens offense? Ravens offense looked good. I, I think they took the foot off the pedal a little bit when it came to this game. I don't necessarily think that's the way Harbaugh is always going to play it. I think kind of maybe this weekend he said, listen here, Ron Rivera, I'm not going to come in here and make it, you know, 50 to 10. I'm going to just take it out of here at 31 to 10. That's, that's about right. Let's get out of here. And um, actually, I think they, they ended up scoring another touchdown there at the end. So 31, 17, little backdoor cover. Cause it was a 14 point, 14 point spread there. So I was going to uh, mention that dude. <laughs> I saw uh, that too. I, I had a little tasty bet on that one. And, uh, and they backdoor covered on me on that one. They had them. They had them put away. But uh, you know, RG three came in and threw a interception to the Redskins, which I thought was ironic. And uh, <laughs> that is a little ironic. Yeah, don't you think? <laughs> it's like rain on your wedding day, man. All right, let's go. <laughs> we went there. Oh boy. <laughs> oh Jesus. Uh, but no. One thing I will say on the Washington side of the game, uh, they did. I don't know if you guys saw that. The little report came out before the game. Ron Rivera did put uh, Haskins on notice, basically. He, like told him, hey. And I thought that was interesting to do that going into the Baltimore game. You know, <laughs> it's like, hey, you got to take care of the ball out there. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I understand that. But I've got the Baltimore defense coming at me. So, okay. Yeah. But um, I, I would say he actually responded pretty well in this game. Played a lot better. Uh, I don't think he was great or anything, but he did play a lot better. He was able to get my guy the ball. They gave Terry the ball 10 times on 14 targets, uh, 118 yards, something like that. So much, much better, much cleaner in the passing game in this game. And Antonio Gibson's looking pretty good out of the backfield, uh, setting up that passing game. So I, I still do kind of buy into the Washington football team. I almost went there. Uh, I watched the football team, and uh, I, I kind of still do buy in a little bit. And hopefully Chase Young comes back, um, and they get through this tough part of their schedule and start. I mean, they're in the division, so hopefully yeah. uh, hopefully they can start turning around. Yeah, I mean, that division's wide open until, like, week 14. So, Oh, and also I did want to just say that I did call the little Mark Andrews tip uh, that he would have a nice game, and he caught two touchdowns mm. again. Uh, a little nice bounce-back game from him, and – and like I said, I, I do think the Ravens could easily put up fifty in this game. Um, they just uh, they said no, thank you. We won't. We won't this week. Watch out next mm-hmm. week. <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's uh, squeeze in one more game here, guys, before we kick back at the intermission, and we'll take it where else, man? To Sin City, where the uh, Buffalo Bills went in and went to four and zero. Uh, when they beat the Raiders. So in that game, uh, Rich, you know, I saw Josh Allen. He looked like he injured his arm. He played great once again. Uh, he went out for a little bit and came right back in. Have you heard anything on him? Uh, no reports yet. It was not his throwing arm. He came down on his left hand and, or left arm awkwardly. Um, and, and it was funny because when Brad was saying that stuff about he's going to put him in, he puts himself in situations. I didn't like really, I never really cued into that too much. I know he makes goofy decisions, but um, in this game, I was kind of putting my eyes on it from that perspective of does he kind of put himself out there a little too much? Kind of does. And, and, and in that play, especially, I was like, wow, what is he doing? That was one of those goofy decisions, yeah. but also a goofy decision that put himself at risk. So maybe I am seeing where he, and I know he's taking a concussion. So he could, he could be a dangerous guy to roster in that regard. Yeah. And I did feel like his, uh, 
after having the back-to-back 34-plus point games, he was at an all-time high for value. So that is why I decided to move him. But I did not think he was going to kind of get dinged up this soon. I kind of thought it would be more a week eight. But he does play reckless. I mean, he, he's strong. He wants to get first downs. And sometimes he goes head first. So that can be an issue with QBs. Because, man, do they want to hit you when you go head first. When you, yeah, when you leave yourself open to it and they're allowed to hit you, they're going to come and get you. On the Raiders side of the ball, guys, did you want to talk about, you know, Derek Carr? He's having a bit of a, I don't know, I saw some comments in the media where he came out. He said he's tired of losing. You know, the Raiders are lost two games in a row here. So I'm just wondering what you saw on Las Vegas side. It looked like the defense just couldn't stop them and the Raiders couldn't keep up. Yeah, the Raiders, the Raiders defense isn't very great. I think we've kind of started to see that. Week after week, we're seeing that. So, and it is weird to see that frustration brewing. That that scares me a little bit. A little disgruntledness there. That like that seems a little odd. Yeah, I'm telling you, Josh Jacobs is playing through injury right now. Yeah. I had him on my roster last year. Yeah. He is not operating at 100. percent He is a he's a beast. He'll play through anything. So, I mean, he's still putting up good, decent numbers, but I don't feel like he's gonna reach that ceiling until he's fully healthy. So, something to watch out for when you're rostering him. Uh, he's still going to get you those 12 to 16s. I just don't think there's those 20-plus comings anytime soon. So, Yeah, you could see the little bit of diminishment. Like Same thing like you saw last year when you had the shoulder deal. It's just like he's still running. You can tell he's putting his all into it. It's just there's just this like something missing from his game, and it's not, not for lack of effort at all. I, I think that, that guy's one of the tougher running backs in the league, really. But he's slowed down right now. And it's it's not popping on the injury report either, but he he seems hindered to me as well. And the Raiders' receiving core is all tore up with injuries too. I, they had a couple of guys I'd never even heard of in the game on Sunday. They must have yeah. just signed them or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean they have. Um, it, it's interesting though, uh, Nelson Aguilar. If they're going to be without these other guys, I think him and Hunter Renfro are kind of viable plays right now. So, you know, that's just something to look at as you go through. I mean, there are weeks and, and rosters that you are specifically out there looking, okay, who I think this guy might be better on a flex start this week, and, and that's that'd be a good place to go. Nelson Aguilar had a, a touchdown called back on him in this game and caught a touchdown. So they are using the guy. Um He's something, something to look at when they have a nice juicy matchup or maybe even when they don't and they're throwing from behind because they throw the ball a lot. All right, guys, we have arrived at the halfway point, and, uh, you know, here it is, man. We made it this far. We got to watch two games on Monday Night Football, and we're already turning the page towards uh, week five here. We do have a few more games to get to after the break, though. So real quick, you know, I'm going to ask you, Brad, look around, buddy. Cacao, cacao. It's time once again for that herbal intermission. And I don't know, who am I sending it to today? Any volunteers out there? That's me, buddy. Yeah. So uh, obviously I went down to my good friends down there at Harvest. You know, I got my good old deal, the 5 for 80 they have on the venom extracts. But I decided to uh, go back with another one of these uh, cannabis. So, you know, they're very potent. I do like them, but they are more expensive. So, uh, and they're never really on sale, which I will say harvest. If you guys are listening, put them on sale. We like them. They're, they're potent. But, uh, this one is actually lemon lava dog. So, uh, I did have them look it up and ensure me it is a sativa. (laughs) So there's no, uh, 
no trickery going on with you this. You got? One. Did you get signature confermation on that, Brad? Uh, he actually looked on two websites. Okay. So I wasn't fucking around. Stuff. So, yeah. I appreciate your due diligence in looking that up if you're listening, because he said he was going to listen. So if you're listening, I appreciate you. But uh, Rich, why don't you uh, talk about some of your things you're eating while I take the stab, and hopefully I can breathe after it. Oh, did you see I was eating something? Yeah, I think everyone heard you eating it. Oh, I didn't mean to make the munchy noises. I, I apologize. <laughs> don't bring that shit on the podcast. Uh, no, no, go ahead and do it. Munch as much as you want, bro. Oh, I'll munch. I might have to munch one here as well. You might want to put the mute on. I don't know. That's what Brad was saying. He was implying. But Brad, uh, Brad is having his hit. I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes for him. He said it was potent twice. And I like... I love that we are sativa verified. <laughs> Take it to the bank. <laughs> Brad's about wrapping it's up. Wonderful. Hit. Oh, okay. It's good. I like it. I will say the first one did catch me by surprise. I was talking about Tom Brady there, and holy shit, it was like just running out of air. <laughs> I had to cough so bad, and I was like, and then I like, and then I just like lost it. So, for all those that were watching, aka you two, that was fun to watch me uh, die almost. All the ones, but, uh, all the ones watching. <laughs> yeah, aka YouTube. You guys, oh, life alert things you put around your neck, bro. Rock one of those just in case. Nah, I live dangerously, man. No life alert for me, man. Fred will <laughs> never get a life alert. <laughs> yeah, unless he's fallen and he can't get up, then he might get up. I'll always get up. <laughs> he always gets up. I always get up. That's what I like to hear, man. I get no legs. I still get up. You seen this man's leg? <laughs> Yeah, he gets up. I got up. <laughs> I actually walked on that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I will say the Instagram story you did—that was my exact thought too. Is when they're talking about the dash, his name, the nickname. They're like, "Oh, yeah, what are we? We haven't thought him? of a nickname for him yet." And I'm like, know. "Dude, it's the dash." It's dash. I literally was like, "No, I'm freaking tagging Tony Romo right now. I don't even care. I'm yeah. doing this. I want, I want the people to call him the dash, man. Come on. I know that's <laughs> our nickname, man. I know. It's like, come on, come on, Tony. Check it out. I tagged your ass. Let's go. <laughs> the least he could do is like send us some free Corona or something, man. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> I want to find my beach too, Tony. Free Corona beers. <laughs> Mark, maybe I'll be in the commercial. Oh my god, that'd be Mark, awesome. Mark's fucking dream come true, Ben. <laughs> yeah. That would be with Jim McMahon. Oh, and then yes. No, he's like daydreaming right now. It would not be Jim McMahon. It'd be a defensive player, probably Erlocker. Erlocker. Yeah. I know you. I know we haven't talked it yet, but did you did you see the Khalil Mack missed interception? I'm sure you did, Mark. Oh. Dude, that changed it. They would have changed the whole course of that game, dude. Totally. Whole course, of the, whole course of the game. So, you know, gotta come down with it, man. Got to. The Canimo is very smooth and very potent, so I do like it. It's good. Man. It is expensive. Thirty bucks a gram. They want with no deals. Is it just a? Yeah. Is it just a like a wax or what, what kind of like? It's a, it's a shatter. Shatter. Yeah. Yeah. Like you usually have, basically. Yeah, it's exact exact same stuff as the venom. So. Brad, when you talk about shatters and like, there's like wax and sugar wax, sugar wax. It's all it's all like, it's all mostly the same thing. It's just like a 
a little bit different ways of getting it prepared for you basically you still just dab it up yeah i mean basically you just heat up your pan and you can dab up anything i mean it just heats it and then turns it to a vapor i mean i'm pretty sure you could dab flour and just it would just light it up you just gotta get hot enough so but yeah the what i like about the dab is it's kind of like what i call the jolly rancher form you know it's kind of like that like properties is it doesn't just melt and get gooey and just you don't lose anything some of the sugar wax it's kind of sticky and messy so just transferring in it's kind of gross and then uh some of the live resin it's like thick rocks so i've actually done that and actually had some of those rocks which is like full of the thc get sucked into my uh my device and then i've kind of lost it and it's like oh that was a waste so this is the one that i found that you get the most for your money it's kind of hard to waste it if you just kind of do nice light hits so it's a way to stretch money out maybe that other stuff that like has the rocks is more like stuff you should put into like the other type of like systems you know what i mean yeah i think the rocks might be good for like a uh bong type system yeah bong type where it just heats yeah. up and it doesn't actually get sucked in you drop it in there and into that little bowl yeah and you use a tool to kind of twist it and yeah yeah smoke it up that makes sense okay what was that flavor you got again? What was it called? Uh, lemon Lava Dog. Lemon Lava Dog. I like it. Sweet. Dope. Dope. Hell yeah, that was dabtastic, Brad. You know, I like that. That's an excellent term, dabtastic. Doesn't it, make, doesn't it make you want to take another dab? <laughs> uh, You've had a lot. And though, 10 huh? push-ups. <laughs> and 10 push-ups. Oh, no, I'll do like <laughs> 10 push-ups. Sativa verified. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, guys, we'll go ahead and wrap up the little herbal intermission right there. We got some more games to get to and some more info to hit everybody with. You know, this fantasy season is it'll spin a little crazy. Week two, there was a huge rash of injuries. Then week four, we had all this COVID shit going on. So, hey, all I can say is everybody keep tuning in and we'll we'll help guide the ship as much as we can too because it's throwing everybody for a loop. Yeah. Yeah been a wild ride and it, I, already I, and it's just begun I, I hope i hope the nfl clamps down after after what they've seen this week and i hope just everybody takes it a lot more seriously we need to, we can't really have this many postponements there it, it, i think the schedule is too tight in the nfl yeah, it's not set you, up for it it's not you play once a week it, it it doesn't work if you have like postponement after postponement so Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, there was definitely some worry in me, especially when I saw the one late on Saturday night when it was yeah. the, the New Orleans Saints had a false positive, and it was like, oh my goodness, like, dude, when you texted uh, me that, I, was, I got the worst headache. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's like no, no, <laughs> yes, yeah. I thought the season was over in two weeks when I saw that. If that was been yeah, positive. That been bad. Yeah, yeah, that was scary. So hopefully, hopefully things are straightened out a little bit, and we just get some football and keep going. Yeah. Man, it's it's going to be tough. I know because this this is the winter, man. <laughs> this is a, there was a point where in the early summer where I thought, man, maybe the NFL should bump up their season. You know, get it done quicker. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, definitely too late for that, and hopefully they got it figured out. It was good to see, though, in the game tonight, guys. The Chiefs had, I think they had 22% capacity of attendance. So there was some fans in the game. I mean, better than nothing. And, hey, they got, like, their own row. Like, that's what you always wanted, right? Anytime you're at a game, you're all cramped. Like, I got my own row now. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought that was interesting too to think about like how much space you'd have. Like, I honestly, I I love going to the game and all that, but like sometimes I walk out of that place and I'm just like, I fuck I'm these people, man. <laughs> people, people in crowds, they drive me nuts. I'm just like, you guys are fucking dumb, man. You drive me crazy right now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like, especially if you get like two like bigger people, like not I mean not necessarily fat, but just like big tall guys, like six four guys, you know. If you're sitting in those chairs, they are close together, man. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there is no way you can't just sit there and not rub knees, man. Dude. So, I mean, it's it's pretty tight. You you get sandwiched in some of those seats, and you're like, yeah. man, I feel uncomfortable all day. This sucks. And then it's, and then it's that little that's the, like battle for, like, the armrest and, like, the, the space. Yeah. yeah, like, your knees are touching. You're like, okay, dude, like, what are we doing with our knees here? Someone's got a yeah. fucking knee. <laughs> so now, yeah, I, and then there's that one guy that's sitting next to you. He's like, I don't care. Let's touch knees. And you're like, Are you serious? I, I really don't want to touch knees. <laughs> All right. I'll sit like this, you know? Yeah, I was just going to say, it's kind of like uh, sitting at the stadium, you know? I'm the complete opposite at home, man. I'll just sit on the recliner, kick it all the way back, and I always tell my wife, I'm a tall drink of water. I got to stretch my shit out, man. <laughs> like, I cannot be sitting at these cramped games, dude. It's too much. So I- I'll take my own row if the Cardinals uh, open up the stadium, man. Let's go to the game. There's actually uh, the Patriots game I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Is There's this very play, and I thought about it in my head. I was like, they were down three to nine, and they were driving at like the 25-yard line or something. And I remember thinking in my head, I was like, holy shit. They just destroyed the Baltimore Raven, uh, AFC possible, mm-hmm. you know, championship team. So, like, this is crazy that Bill Belichick can just yeah. shut them down. And they're going to go ahead. Too. They're going to go ahead 10 to 9. And then they picked them off. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it was, it was just, like, totally different. How about play. that pick from Honey Badger? Yeah. That was a good one at the end, too. That was nice. Yeah, and then he he had one called back too. He had another one that was called back on him too. Yeah, he fucking had a marvelous game. But uh, yeah, man, I, honestly, I was thinking the exact same thing. Just like because this game it ends up twenty six to ten or whatever, but definitely a much closer game than that was. And that's that's not what New England is. They don't have Cam Newton on the field. They yeah. they had to travel today. Like all these hurdles. And they were in this game. And and Brian Hoyer not playing very well pretty much the whole game. Changing quarterbacks mid-game to Jared Stidham. And yet they basically were in the game on the road at Kansas City. Like, it's wild, man. And so just think about that game if they had Cam Newton and it was just played on Sunday. Uh, you don't think that that might have been even maybe a different outcome. I mean, mm-hmm. New England probably wins that game. It's pretty wild, man. Something to log in your memory banks for when we're getting to the back half of the season and, and thinking about what these teams really are and how they stack up. I mean, when it comes to NFL football and playoff time, that's that's something to think about. And I don't know if we mentioned, Rich, in that New England-KC game uh, that we're talking about right now, Damian Harris got in the game, and he broke off a big run there. Yeah, I've called him my project this year, and I think he was definitely undervalued in our league and our draft and snuck him out for a buck. It was unfortunate that he – popped on IR before the season even started um, because it just like hindered his progress. He was coming out of camp as the number one running back on the depth chart. And so Mm -hmm. I think you see that Sony Michelle got his look and they deactivated him tonight. And I think Damian Harris had about 15 carries tonight for a hundred yards. 
So definitely, if some if he's available in your leagues, you might be a week too late actually on that. I think we talked about it last week too. But Damian Harris is definitely a guy to be interested in. I, I think they're going to use him, and I think New England likes to run the ball, as far as I can tell. Especially when they have a running back to run the ball. Yeah, uh, and did he is he not like he's their biggest back, but also elusive? Like, I think he's what I think he's everything that they want Sony Michelle to be. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that Belichick still like has some trust for Burkhead. He likes Burkhead, but I like the prospects for uh, Harris to have a nice split of the carries there. I think Harris will have about 15 carries a game. I think I think that'll be his role, and you'll see you'll see James White. You'll still see Rex Burkhead. I, I think you saw they brought him in when it was like you know within the 10 yard line, and that's just a trust factor. But mm-hmm. back half back half of the like I'll tell you, it's going to be hard for you to pry Damian Harris away from me this year because. To me, he was kind of like my Miles Sanders of last year. He's my project that I expected to hold on to long-term and to really be cranking once I get to playoff time. That was kind of like my Zach Moss project, but I had to say bye-bye to that one. <laughs> Let's go, guys. Let's go ahead. We got three games left before we give out the Thursday night preview. So let's start with you, Brad. Did you see Sunday Night Football? Uh, the Eagles went into San Francisco, pulled out a win. Somehow these Philadelphia Eagles are in first place in their horrid, uh, dreadful division of the NFC least. But they're in first place. And, you know, Carson Wentz, uh, I don't know. He looked okay. Uh, San Francisco is just super banged up. So that's what I took out of that game. Yeah, actually, I think Carson Wentz looked really good for – what he had to deal with. I mean, he had a lot of people in his face and he was making some really good throws. So Rich is here pulling hair out of his face right now. <laughs> I got you. I got you for one. Yeah. <laughs> so you got me distracted. I got him distracted. I got him to break. Two points. I think Wentz played really well. Uh, Sanders actually looked pretty good out there too. I thought he made some nice runs here and there, but at the same time, I don't think their offensive line is great, and I think they were kind of hindered. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich has always said it, look for the more desperate team, and I think at this time they were the more desperate team. I thought, like, all this fucking turmoil that's happened, all this crazy shit, the games they've lost and how bad they've looked, they win this game, and then, bam, they're in first place. So I thought this was, like, a game they had to have. And on the other side, yeah, Mullins is not that good of a quarterback. So, uh... I think uh, Jimmy G might be the better option. I thought he might have been a nice change, like Rich said. And uh, But, yeah, it definitely was not good. He did not look good out there. Uh, they do have a lot of good weapons. Uh, George Kittle was a beast. I mean, catching everything they threw his way. It's good to see him back. And that, did you see that play from Ayuk, man, that that rush? Oh, where yeah. he, like, literally just hurtled him? Yeah, that was impressive. So, And then Debo Samuels, Rich, your guy, coming off IR, he looked really good out there making a couple good catches. So I think once he gets more up to speed that – that offense, I mean, it looks pretty good, but, I mean, they got a lot of injuries, and they play in a really tough division, so it's not like the Eagles where they can just play like shit and then still be in first place. So I got those two IR guys, and I'm definitely happy that we had the double-up IR spots this year. I, I utilized that right out the gate to just hold on to some skill. I, I definitely advise that if you can, if you have that in your league, at least one IR spot is really nice. I put Debo Samuel there as well with Damian Harris, and they're both sitting there waiting, and 
now actually if i want to make a move this week i was i was looking at some trades in the trade market trying to send a couple but um i can't do that I'm, i'm shut down but brad we did test this out so i had brad send me a trade i can receive a trade request but i can't send a trade request right now as my guys are no longer ir eligible it won't allow me to send a request Oh, yeah. So all you fellow listeners in our league out there, send a trade request to Rich. <laughs> if, if you want because one of my players. Because he desperately wants. <laughs> Rich, just tell them the guys you want to trade so that way they don't have to, like, you know, beat around the bush. <laughs> well, I mean, the guys I want to trade and the guys I will trade are different stories, Brad. They're, 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 a, different, they're a different bag of, of toys here. So, um, uh, but I'll tell you that Pretty much I only have three guys that I don't really want to trade, but even those guys are tradable. But you, you guys can tell who those guys are. I mean, I, I roster Alvin Kamara. I roster the Dash. Dash. Listen here, Tony Romo. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the man's Dash. name is Dash. The man's name is Dash. Get it straight. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I have DeAndre Hopkins, which – you know, I'll, I'll I'll say that those guys are not untradeable, but you have to you have to bring me an offer for one of those guys, or we have to get into a mega deal. But I'm I'm not scared of a mega deal. You'll take half someone's team. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take four players. <laughs> four players for yeah. one. I I almost texted Toby earlier, and I was going to say, so can I send you four players for Aaron Jones? <laughs> that work? Does that work for you? I've I've got four more players to offer for Aaron Jones, but really, like I do need to clear out my roster, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna actually be pretty invested. I'll put it out here. I'll be invested in the trade market this week and and active. But apparently, I'm gonna need the other side to send the fucking deals to me <laughs> so that it can get done. <laughs> Which it seems a little goofy to me. If I can work out a trade where I'm clearing the roster then what does it really matter? Like, you know what I mean? That's the whole point of the trade for me right now. I'm looking for, I'll put it out there. I'm looking for two for ones or three for twos so I can clear some roster space. Uh, That's the thing with this uh, IR slot in the ESPN leagues, Rich, you said it. I mean, I'm glad we have two spots too, but then when it comes to making different maneuvers, it kind of locks you up at unexpected times. So it's a little, a little bit tricky to get used to. I'll, I'll agree to that. Yeah. Three for twos. <laughs> uh, so, the anything on the? Do we finish up on Philly and San Fran? Oh yeah, I mean, tough game, but yeah, you, know, you know, uh I think we hit it all. I think I think Brad covered every little bit of that. It was beautiful. Sweet. <laughs> all right. Well, I got I got one more for you, Brad. So don't go anywhere. The Vikings went and avoided that zero and four hole. Went down to Houston, pulled out that victory. Uh, you know, just a big win for the Vikings and Houston at 0-4. Well, their coach was shown the door. So, like we mentioned, Bill O'Brien got the pink slip. So, what do you what did you see on the Minnesota side, Brad? I mean, what I saw on the Minnesota side, it really it's like a tale of two cities because the defense is a totally different side than the offense. Yeah. Because Rich is absolutely right. I mean, I was kind of skeptical about buying into that offense. But holy shit, I mean, Dalvin Cook is running hard and fast. Yeah, You got Thielen, and like he said, with Diggs on the other side, I think both, they're good for 100 yards almost every single game. You called him Diggs. He like, he's like Diggs. I Uh-oh. said he's like Diggs on the other side. Uh-oh. Because you said it was like when he was like that. So he's like Diggs on the other side. Okay. okay. So Sorry. that's Justin, that's Jefferson. So, and I mean, 
there is one play he made where he had a back shoulder grab where he stopped on a dime and just turned and grabbed it and then got his feet in and went out of bounds and just, you know, first down mark like that. Like, you know, he's done this a hundred times. So I was really impressed with how he's played. He's making really, really top catches. So, I mean, I think moving forward, he's going to be a tier two wide receiver, a flex, a flex one option almost every single week. I mean, well, I got some injuries I'm dealing with right now, so I'm pretty much going to just keep him in there until he proves me wrong. And so I love the way their offense is going, but their defense is just awful. And, I mean, on the other side of it, the Texans' offense, you know, they're not that great. So I think Will Fuller is a standout talent. He's he's a definite number one wide receiver. Deshaun Watson, if he had more options around him, I think he'd be a top five quarterback. But because of that, it kind of knocks him out. And, I mean, they were in this. I mean, Will Fuller had a catch that was just barely hit the ground and, I mean, they would have just been in there to tie it with a two-point conversion. So they weren't really out of it, but there wasn't a lot of defense in this game. So I do like basically the what I came out with is I like the Minnesota offense a lot. Yeah, they're, they're the right type of offense. <laughs> when you have a guy like Dalvin Cook who's, who's running to run over people and, and make yeah. people look foolish a little bit, man, he's, he's on another level right now with how much he's running. Um, I think this kind of like steers me into a little something I wanted to hit on real quick. I don't know if we hit it on it in another episode, but um, like a guy like Dalvin Cook, he's got 27 carries and, you know, 30 something touches in this game. And and that's great. But you look at like his past and history. They're hard carries too. And they're hard. Yeah, he's yeah. running hard. Hard carries. Is there a chance that either the coaching staff looks at it and says, okay, can I, can we get the ball in Alexander Madison's hands a little bit more, which is fine. I'd almost prefer if I was a Dalvin Cook owner to get down to like 22 touches a game, but also he's been fragile. There's been times when he's gotten injured, heavy injuries. So something to look out too, if he's going to have that usage of 30 touches a game, is it possible he's going to get hurt? And that kind of leads me to the path of like when I get into waiver wires at this time of the year, if you've got that, that room, this is handcuff season. Go get those guys, man. Madison's a, a, a premier handcuff. Chase Edmonds, Tony Pollard. I'm considering Daryl Williams uh, for the dash. You know, Tavius Murray's a premier handcuff. So these guys should all be rostered. Latavius Murray and Alexander Madison, though, those guys might even get to the point where they are starting to get to that standalone flex value, which uh, which is like what Kareem Hunt was. Yeah. But now Kareem Hunt will be top 12 pretty much every week, unfortunately, Brad. I'm sorry. For six weeks. Yeah. Be for the next six weeks. Maybe five. Maybe five. Maybe there four. is a light at the end of that tunnel. That first one coming back. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Kareem Hunt's going to take a ton of production. A lot of my production. So, uh, sorrow. Enjoy my production that I gave up half my team for. But I will say this, though. The Cleveland offense and the Minnesota offense are two offenses I've been watching that they are literally can hit you in all cylinders. They yeah. can throw it to their tight ends. They can hit you on the outside, and they can pound you in the middle of the tackles. So I just – I like what these offenses – I know they're not on great teams. No one's looking like these guys are going to go undefeated or be playoff contenders, but they're talented offenses. I will say that I like Kirk Cousins when he's in this balanced offense, when he feels a lot of confidence in what two receivers are doing out there like that. I think he gets he gets his own like sense of confidence when he's got those two guys really – gelling out there um on the other side of the ball i did want to mention jordan nakins took an you injury. just did that crazy i like her cousin is he 
When he did that, you had that crazy eye like he has. You like that? <laughs> That's funny. You like that? <laughs> Other side of the ball, Jordan Akins takes a takes a hit. He's out. So that guy, Darren Fells, might be in the mix there for a little tight end waiver wire value. Uh, and, and speaking of which, during the game tonight, did you guys oh, notice? Yeah. Did you guys <laughs> notice this, this Mr. Oh, Robert Tonyan? Yeah. yeah. Mr. Touchdown Monster? He got three touchdowns. and He was actually somebody I was looking at last week, but huh. not going to work out for me. But somebody else will get him. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers starts throwing to his tight end, look out. I think he's going to be the top of the of the waiver wire maybe this week. Depending on who sits there, I'm not sure who's in last place in our league. But um, that person, if they need a tight end, that's, that's going to be tops of the list probably. Uh-huh. Did you hear that, Zach? Hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Is he in last place? Yeah, he probably will be. He's had two pretty bad weeks of like less than like 60 points, so – He's going to be close. He's going to be close. Someone might have a worse record, but if not, he's going to get it with points. So. No, one and three. One and three is the worst record right now in our league. Oh, yeah. We got nobody's going to be uh, winless this year, and nobody's going to be undefeated. Everybody's got a little bit of a mix. That's it. Four weeks in. I will say this. like This is Zach's first uh, year with us, mm-hmm. and I know Greg his first year last year. It's kind of a struggle joining our league. I mean, you play fantasy football in a lot of different leagues, and you come to our league, and it's different, man. We are competitive. We keep tight rules, and it's – I mean, shit, Rich, you said your son in his league, George Kittle, had 40 fucking points. (laughs) You know, 40 fucking points from a tight end. (laughs) So, like, that's crazy to me. Like, I mean – so, I mean, our our league, we set it up. We like to make it competitive. We like to keep the points sweet, you know, so when you earn them, you actually feel like you earn them. It's not just, like, all this, like, bullshit stuff. So, I mean, uh, Zach, I mean, he had two tough weeks, but don't get wrong. His, uh, I just got this trade rejected, and I freaked out. I'm like, what fucking trade did I have out there? Mm-hmm. I forgot we were testing Rich's shit, so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so when you come in the league, it's just tough. So, uh, you got a good team. Keep it grinding away. Like, Mark, look at you. You were 0-2. You grinded away. Now you're 2-2 and in your middle of the pack, and you're starting to make a good push. So One second. You know, a couple weeks can change everything. So One second. keep your head up and just keep fighting. One second. I, I got you twice tonight. I distracted your ass twice tonight. Oh, that's two more points for Rich. Now he's got four points, Brad. Boom. I, got I will you. say when uh, my team is not playing, Rich, I am less focused. Ah. And uh, easier to be distracted. Uh, I have the key now. I have the key to success and victory. <laughs> Unless well, I keep keep it close on Mondays, then you're then you're kind of screwed. Well, this is Mondays. Now I know what to do on Thursdays. That is true. Thursdays I'm not really watching. This one, this Thursday will be better though. Should this be. be a nice one. Should be. Do we have any more games before we do Thursday preview? And we got bears and bears and Colts. Guys want oh, I don't it? think we need to talk about the Bears. Whatever, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> Look at his face. I know. Yeah. I'm just fucking with you, Mark. The one game you watched, we got to talk about it. <laughs> the one game I watched. <laughs> all right, so, yeah, I mean, you know, you guys all saw what happened in the Windy City. The Colts went in there and dominated the entire game, both sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, Nick Foles, man, uh, this is a little bit what I was concerned about, uh, 
little statuesque out there, I thought, Rich. Uh, he just doesn't have the maneuverability. And obviously, Indy's a great defense, too. But what did you see, man? That's what I took away mostly was great defenses. Um, I, tried to, I tried to keep it in that framework because, to me, what I am seeing from the Indianapolis Colts defense is very good. They are maybe the best defense in the league. So um, tough to, you know, get your first real start against that. Uh, it was tough to get a rhythm out there. I thought there was a couple defensive plays that were left on the field. I think we kind of discussed that a little bit. But um, I also felt like the special teams was putting the Bears in some really tough situations. So it, it was a tough game overall. It's one of those games that just kind of goes that way. I still think the Bears can be a better team. I just think the Colts just really do have a very good defense. Don't get me wrong. The Bears have a very good defense. Holding the Colts to 19 was pretty nice because they were put in some bad positions. I mean, field position was in the Colts' favor the whole game. It it was like, I'm sure as a Bears fan, it was like frustrating. I I hate when the game is like that. When you're just like, you're stuck on your five-yard line and they're at the 50 every time they get the fucking ball. You're always behind the chains. Yeah, and and, and to, for them to hold them to field goals left and right was really mm-hmm. admirable from what I was seeing. So great defense. Hopefully the offense gets another week with Nick Foles and gets it figured out. I don't know, man. Is, is Nagy – Nagy's – I could see a little bit of what you talk about with Nagy being a little frustrating. Sometimes with – like I'm getting frustrated going, okay – Get Cordero Patterson out of there on third and one. Like let's let's run David Montgomery or let's do something play action. Get get out. I mean, I guess that's probably a little bit of the factor with Foles is that he can't move. So I mean, uh, you know, are we two weeks away from seeing Trubisky back in? Is Nagy so wish washy that he'll do that? And it's a possibility because that's what hindered their comeback was, you know, if Trubisky had been in the game, he could have broke off some runs and probably got some much-needed first downs. But As far as Nagy goes, man, yeah, just the way that – the thing with Cordero Patterson, like not only are you running it with a wide receiver – you're running it straight up the middle, like bounce him to the outside, get him on the edge, and let him make a play. What is give he him doing? Some, give him some space out on the outside and let him make a move on somebody to pick up yeah. one yard. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know what that was rough. I, I'm a Matt Nagy fan, but you know that that game was rough. Some play calls were rough. We'll see. Maybe they'll get it figured out here on Thursday, short week. So uh, I guess that uh, if you got anything else to say, I don't know, but. I was going to say that (laughs) T.Y. Hilton uh, continues to be a no-show in this indie passing offense. A little surprising. I don't know if he's ever going to get it going, but T.Y., you're going to be riding my bench for a while, buddy, with uh, those kind of efforts. Well, I mean, Philip Rivers, man, he he threw for 190 yards. Dude, it's just crazy. It's like I've never seen anyone shot put a ball, you know. (laughs) The wind-up, man, it just takes forever to throw the ball. They're not good looking throws it's it's tough man but his accuracy has actually been pretty good like percentage wise but i agree like when the ball comes out it doesn't look good to me i don't know yeah and i mean don't get me wrong ty's causing his own troubles too i mean ty's on he's unfortunately man he's like if you had to i could see situations where you could drop him to be honest with you Mm -hmm. is he gonna be starting not likely man and there's I mean, we'll talk about it a little further, but there's there's way wide receiver depth for days. I mean, there's still I still have ten names on the waiver wire wide receiver list that could be viable, and actually possibly more viable than Ty right now. So right, right. 
It's tough. Yeah, I mean, man. they rushed the ball 38 times. Yeah. yeah, that's huge. And only completed 16 passes. I mean, Phillip Rivers was 16 of 29. So, I mean, I don't think he's getting good completions. No. I mean, I think I, I think it's time, you know, for Jacoby sometime here in the near future. So, no, they got them a um, spark. They're d- they got the rookie, Jacob Eason. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, anyone but old man Rivers, you know. <laughs> Yeah. All right, sweet. Uh, Rich, do you want to hit any waivers, anything like that, before we go to Thursday Night Football? Um, I mean, I do have a couple guys. It looks like Traquan Smith is kind of like really filling into that second role there. I mean, don't get me wrong, Emmanuel Sanders is looking pretty nice, like he's kind of gelling a little bit too. But I think when Michael Thomas comes back, Traquan Smith is the guy who will open up in this offense. When when you look at it schematically, I, I I've liked this kid's talent for a while, and I think that's where it's gonna where it's gonna funnel the ball when it when it happens to the deep ball. It's gonna be Traquan Smith, so he might be a nice little tasty flex option. So I like that guy. Um, I think the the wide receivers in Denver are something to look at too. Uh, unfortunately for you, Mark, with the Noah Fant injury, especially yeah. in these next couple of weeks, I think Tim Patrick could really spike up because he's a really big receiver. Um, he almost looks he's like huge. A, he looks like a tight end to me. So uh, yeah, I, I kind of see him filling that void, especially these next couple of weeks. But even Jerry Judy, I think these these pass catchers are going to spike up. And I did see a report that um, Drew Locke possibly could be back already this week. So that'd be a big spike to that offense. So something to look for there. And then I I did say, you know, I I am liking what I'm seeing in Cincinnati. So if you can get involved with the pass catchers there, T Higgins or or Drew Samples, a really good tight end, he's averaging nine targets a game right now. So uh, maybe uh, it was like seven or 7.8 targets a game, but that's, that's great value for a a tight end waiver wire value at at this point in the season. Yeah. And I think we hit on the, the handcuff running backs, you know, yeah. some of them, Madison, Duke Johnson, some of those guys you want to take a look at. And also, I think uh, Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk, the kid out of San Francisco. Man, the way he hurdled him, mm-hmm. you know, they got him involved in the rushing game. Uh, he's going to catch some passes, and if he gets some open space, you know, I think he's going to make some people miss. So he's definitely someone to have on your radar, or if you're deep league, just stash him on your, your bench and see what happens. Watching Bloom. One more, I gotta, I gotta put it out there. Uh, Gabe Lewis, he's he's a guy like, he's a little under the radar. Maybe not. It depends on your league size and all that. But Gabe Lewis and and Buffalo, he's kind of um, he's kind of really shining in that secondary role. Maybe almost taking over for John Brown right now. So, um, some someone to look at for sure. Sweet guys, let's get into our Thursday night football preview here. And this is going to be a good game. Finally, on Thursday night, they put a good game on there. It's going to be Tampa Bay traveling to these Bears. And, uh, you know, is Mike Evans going to play in this game? They're on the short week. Is Nick Foles going to be able to recover from that performance in, you know, just four short days? So uh, I'm wondering, Rich, you know, what are you seeing from this game fantasy wise? And who do you think is coming out on top? Should be an interesting game. Both defenses will be very good again, uh, but it is that Thursday night game, so I, I feel like that slips itself into some scoring, especially with Tom Brady on the field, Bruce Arians on the field. We did talk about how Tampa Bay's weapons are going to be dinged up, so let's take a look at that heading in. Uh, so a little tougher to make a, a prediction on it, but um, I think Tampa Bay pulls out a closer one. I think it might get into a little bit of scoring uh, 30-27, uh, Tampa Bay. What do you think, Brad? I think Tampa Bay is going to come in 
they're going to be more prepared with Chicago just losing that game to Indy. I feel like it's going to be harder for them to get rested up and back on the the new game plan and get prepared. Where Tom Brady, you know, he's a seasoned vet. He's ready to move on. So I think they're going to kind of come out to an early early lead. Uh, Chicago's going to have to play catch up. You know, they'll score a couple touchdowns, and then uh, Tom Brady is just going to take over. And then they'll – I actually think Ronald Jones is a good balance attack, so I think he's going to kind of run the ball too. So I see it being a little more of like a 27-13 game. So sorry, Mark, but I do. What do you think about uh, Keyshawn – Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn? <laughs> you know, I don't know about Keyshawn Vaughn. I actually like Ronald Jones better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why don't we get in the remix in, man? I, I think we could throw it in for this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it doesn't have to be an inside joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen to the full episode, guys. Bonus track at the end. We'll put a little bonus track at the end of this one. Maybe that'll get, uh, explain the, the Keyshawn Vaughn reference there for you guys. You mean Ronald that. Jones. Ronald Jones. What do you think about Ronald Jones? <laughs> what do you think about Keyshawn Vaughn? Uh, but, no, uh, I do think it's interesting, though. He may, he may get his shot a little bit in this game because Leonard Fournette will be out, and it looks like Leonard, LeSean McCoy will be out, so. Maybe he'll get a little more run. He already got a touchdown last week, so maybe he'll get a run. I think he's pretty talented. Yeah, that could be a waiver guy, huh? Yeah, I mean, are they really all that happy with what Ronald Jones is doing? So maybe he gets uh, – he might be spot start worthy this week because he might get, you know, 12 touches um, if you're looking for that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking about it. Nick Foles on the short turnaround, he's playing the Colts defense on Sunday and then the – Bucks defense Thursday night, and the Bucks D has been flying around getting to the football. So, uh, if I had to predict this game, I, I think the Bears are going to lose, and I'm happy that I'll be driving to the top of a mountain and not have to watch this miserable performance. I'm going to say Bucks 31, Bears 10. Ooh, ouch, 10. No homer, no homerism there whatsoever. Uh, just realism, bro. <laughs> I know what my eyes see when I watch this team. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So that about wraps it up for us. I did want to say before we get out of here, I want to shout out uh, Sarope. You know, he's one of our super fans. He's in the league. He's always waiting for the next episode to drop. Uh, he, I think he put up the highest score right now. He might have posted yeah. the uh, the new one on top of the boom leaderboard. So I want to shout him out. Almost in all time. He's going to move himself into first place. He was very close to – the all-time record, he had a, a stellar week. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Odell Beckham, Dak Prescott. That's a nice week, man. I, I like that for this roster. That's that's fantastic. If he had Land- he had Landry on the bench, if he would have started Landry, he would have the all-time. <laughs> Damn. Hell, yeah, he got close, man. He put up a 150 spot. That is nice. That could uh, have some staying power on top of that leaderboard, yeah. That should, that, that'll probably be pretty – I mean, that's tough to be, man. I put up the 154 yeah. last year. Like It was like, yeah, nobody's coming Nobody's coming to get this. It's, it's definitely mm-hmm. tough to get to that in our league with an eight-man roster, non-PPR, really not that many bonus points available to you. That's, that's really tough to get to 150, man. That's absolutely – I mean, one twenty-five is incredibly high in our in our league. Yeah. So, one fifty is just superb. Yes, sir. Good weeks, syrup, syrup, <laughs> syrup, syrup, syrup. syrup. I, he'll tell us how to say his name. I forget, man. I, I always get mixed up. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, wrap it up right there. And uh, you know, we got uh, week five on the horizon. Uh, unfortunately, like I mentioned, I won't be here on Thursday night, but 
Brad and Rich, the guys will hold it down, I'm sure. So make sure to check us out then and catch us next time on the Organic Football Podcast. Ladies. What do you think about Keyshawn? Keyshawn Vaughn. Brad Jones is the guy that I I like Ronald Jones better. Brad, what do you think about Keyshawn? Keyshawn Vaughn. Brad Jones is the guy that I I like Ronald Jones better.